0: Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Gleninus, Auckland on Sundays at 10 a.m. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. Okay, my name is John Malloy and this is my story. I was brought up in a Christian home from about the age of seven, uh, my parents came to the Lord. Um, I still remember lifestyle before then: um, violence, alcohol, and um, just all the other worldly, worldly ways. And when when my parents became Christians, they uh, they stopped everything just like that. Alcohol, cigarettes, everything—they just they done a total U-turn, and um, you know which was good. From going from a life of violence and all of this and that. And um, yeah, they dove in real hard. We um, we started to get rid of television and things like that. They, they decided to go that way, the, that sort of Amish way. <laughs> um, you know, which was was kind of the fad actually, and then around that time. And so it was good. I was enjoying life, you know, um, enjoying God and stuff like that. And um, yeah, as I got into my teenagers. Yes, um, there was a there was a bit of a shift. So I suffered um, sexual abuse probably from as far back as I can remember up and up until about ten, and um, the gravity of this didn't really hit me until I started to get into my teenage sort of years about about twelve, and and you know then it's sort of the gravity of what was happening to me. Um, sort of really really hit me and really knocked me for six and and going into my teenage years all of a sudden um this wasn't fun this amish lifestyle it wasn't fun at all i was i was angry i was angry at god i was um i was angry at my parents um i kept this all to myself and so my parents were just thinking i'm acting up um and i bailed i bailed i said i'm done with this whole scene i'm done with God. Um, and with what you're trying to do for me, family. So I, I, I bailed big time. And I left, and I, I headed towards partying, alcohol, and drugs, you know. And um, for a while, it worked. It worked. It kind of numbed my pain and, and things like that. And uh, things were going good. I was experiencing new stuff. Um, but then I still had an empty feeling, and I still had all, the, all these demons inside that, you know, we're racing around in my head, and I didn't—I didn't know what to do. But I I party for a few years, and that—that that didn't seem to work, you know. Um, and I was getting deeper into drugs at this stage. Um, I discovered meth at the age of uh, 19, and you know, they say that meth is as hard to get off as and addictive as heroin and cigarettes, and they're bang on. It is. Um, long story short, I ended up in jail. I done a stint in jail just for. Scallywag behavior, and um, when I come out, I, I thought this partying thing isn't really working for me, you know. I still feel so empty, there's something missing here. Um, so I thought, Money, money's going to get me out of this. And uh, when I go for something, I go for it, and I'll do it to the end to find out the truth of whatever that is. And um, yeah, so I opened up my first business when I was 23, successful. Um, it was growing growing real well, but so was my um, crack habit. Um, fast forward a few years, and um, yeah, money-wise, things were going really well. I was making heaps of money. I had a proclaim business with about four or five gangs. Um, I had my first, owned my first health well before I was 30. Um, but what had grown with that also had, was my habit. Which was now up to a uh, hundred grand a year. Um, yeah, probably probably as bad as it can get. And um, yeah, we can whatever goes up always comes down, you know. Um, so after after probably ten years, it's probably been ten years now on, on on meth and and all of this and striving for money, which I had, I managed to travel the world, go to America, and this and that. And I was still so empty and I still had all this pain in my heart and I had all this money, um, enough to support a habit of <coughs> $2,000 a week, which, you know, where I'd be up for eight days at a time. Um, but I was still so empty and this this didn't, this didn't seem to to quench that thirst or, or emptiness that I had inside. And um, I was so gone, I was so gone off meth by this stage, um, that, you know, the love of my life uh, left me, left me, and I was in such a drug haze, I lost my house, um, I lost my business, and I lost my son, and um, I was in a real, real bad way, and I had a, I had this habit, which, which I started to numb the pain, which had just totally engulfed my life. Um, no longer was I partying, having drugs to party, I was having drugs to wake up and shade and brush my teeth and be able to do just normal things. I was living on crack um, and I just spiraled down. I just, the wickedness spiral. you know, I'd, I'd lost everything. Um, so I thought, what am I going to do now? Where, where am I going to go now? And I had one more thing on my list and that was the gangs. I thought I'm going to take all my anger. I'm gonna take all my pain from losing this and I'm gonna become a gangster. And I'm gonna get to the top by selling narcotics and um, extorting people. And I'm just gonna take all my pain out of society. And so I did, and I jumped in real deep. Um, Yeah, kidnapping, uh, being kidnapped, um, assaults, everything, you know. Automatic weapons, you name it, um, and I rose to the top real quick. And um, yeah, and my my drug habit was just just totally just totally through the roof, like an <laughs> unbelievable stage. The cooks that were cooking meth were telling me to to calm down, and they were being worried about me. My gangster mates were worried about me. Um, the amount of drugs that I was consuming and just how I was. I just had. I did not care if I lived or died by this stage. I was, you know, I was, I was just so empty. I was like a shell of a person, and um, and then yeah, I, I had a, I had it all. What what you go after for there? I, I had all the jewelry. I had I had money. I had I had all the drugs. I had all the drugs. You know that, and I had Harleys and and, and cars and everything, and it was still. It was still just crap. It was just I couldn't believe it that I'd gotten up here as high as, as I could, and I was, you know, um, with main players, main criminals, doing really big nasty stuff, and I had it. I had it all, and it was it was just crazy You know, I, I I couldn't spend my money. I didn't know how to spend my money. My brain was just gone. Um, and I just had this emptiness, this darkness still, this hate, you know. And I'd been on my way to become a millionaire. And now i had done the, the game thing. And I was up there as, you know, I was up there pretty high, as high as you could go. And there was still nothing. It's like, what, what else is there left to do, you know? Um, and I was, I was in depression. I had every I had every ailment under the sun. Uh, it's like, this and that. And um, I just, I just broke down one day, and I just, I just cried out to God. I said, I, I just, I just can't do it. I've been searching for so long. I've tried it, and I've, I've gone to the end of every, every journey. I haven't stopped. I haven't mucked around with it. I've gone to the end to see what's at the end. You know, um, money. It's not in money. I, th- I thought I could buy my happiness. I thought I could buy away this emptiness and hurt within me. You know. It's not partying, drugs, girls, you know, and all of those all of those lusts of the flesh that you know and there was no stone unturned. There was no stone unturned. Um until yeah, yeah, you know, suicide attempts, this and that. And then I, I walked into church one day, um, howick, C3, and I met Glenn. And um I told Glenn my situation and that and and Glenn here had this passion where he just wanted to like really help me, not like my gangster mates that pretend to help you and are only helping because you're making money for the gang and this and that and bringing girls and and making good narcotics. You know, this is was real friendship. There's no friendship. There's you know the gang life is crap. It's it's a, it's a total lie. Um, there's no there's no camaraderie. There's no happiness. There's no chance of Being in a relationship monogamy just doesn't exist um and it's all just a big gym it's just a facade um you know and so glenn was like we've gotta we've gotta change this we've gotta i've gotta i was living with gang members at the time and um so i gave my heart to the lord and those first that first year was a a real struggle first of all glenn was like we've got to get you out of your situation where you're living i was still an active gang member and I was still selling narcotics the first year of my Christian life, um, you know, which is, you know, and it sounds shocking, but I remember Glenn saying to me, "I said, Glenn, how do I get out of this place?" And he said, "Joel, look, um, the only advice I can give you is to just keep coming, to just keep coming to church. Sometimes we underestimate God's power. Um, you know, God just wants us to be situated where He can work His magic." And um, you know, to come as you are, and I took—I—I will never forget that. So I just kept coming. You know, sometimes I'd be up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and still come to church Sunday. Um, you know, but God slowly started to work his magic, and and the layers started to started to peel off, and um, you know, it became it became easier. And a year a year after that, I. Um, managed to fully get off crack, you know, and if you've ever been on on meth, well I'm sure we all know people that are extended family and this and that, and it is a killer, it is a killer, and um, I don't know how I got through it but I was just taking the advice that Glenn gave me to just keep coming, I'd come and I'd feel full of condemnation, high as a kite, But God just worked his magic. And he couldn't do that if I was at home um, trying to stop before I come to church. He can't work his magic when I'm sitting, you know, um, in a bikey pad. (laughs) I just don't think it works like that. You know? And um, so, yeah, my, my only advice to anyone that's, like, struggling with anything is the power of God. We underestimate... His power, all we're going to do is get here. All we're going to do is get here and situate it and just keep coming. Come as you are, come, come violent, come high, come with you know pornography problems, this and that. Just come. Mm. What's the use of coming to a place if we've already fixed ourselves? Come on, brother. Come on, brother. So, so my advice is just come and if. And it's, it's now been, I've now been three years clean off crack. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! You know, and I feel awesome to say that, like I really do. That is like a, a big thing and, and God's restoring my, my mind. My mind was mush, it was gone. I was, I didn't know whether I was after or Martha, whether I was coming or going, whether I was up or down or, you know, um, and I was just feeding this junk just into my face, into my veins and you know, like you, like you would not believe. You know, um, <coughs> I of got a little lost there. <laughs> yeah, but um you know, the if we just give ourselves to God, if He can take someone that was um, three years ago, four, or three or four years ago, cooking meth, kidnapping, I kidnap people, man. I was kidnapped myself. That's how you take care of problems in the underworld. Just kidnap people. And, you know, uh, if you can take someone like that and turn my life around, and he's turned my life around, you know, um, I've never had so much peace and, and joy, and I've found out the true meaning of life, you know. And it's the peace that I've been searching for through money and drugs and all of this and that. But the peace that God... Good news just surpasses anything you know, you know. As he says, "peace that passes all understanding." But oh, whoa. Like, that's some hard our peace. <laughs> like, let's think about it. I'm, you know, I'm in I'm a bit of understanding, and I know what peace means. And if I think of the most peaceful thing, you know, that's pretty peaceful to me, and that doesn't even come close. This is peace that, you know, defies um, all understanding. And that's that's just unbelievable to I me mean, life is a joy now you know God is restoring restoring me from the inside out you know I just find joy in everything now I have I have this awesome peace um you know I've got my son back things are just coming together and um, yeah I just I just urge you. Just to just to keep coming and just to stay on this journey, you know, because I've tasted and it is good, man. And now that I've tasted, I can't keep this. I can't keep it to myself now. This is too good. I can't be selfish. Come on, God. You know, so anyone that wants to listen, you know, lady down the dairy or wherever, I don't, I don't care. You know, if you ask me, I'm, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not going to hold this back because this is this is the goods right here. And I just said to God too. I said, Oh God, you know, give me a, Give me a mean-ass verse, you know, that shows how cool you know, I am, and how deep I'm getting in these days and that, and I do it, I do it kind of once a day or every other day, I just get a bit of a, and I'll flip my blow, and then I'll just put my finger there, and I'll open up my eyes, and, and um, yeah, so I did it, I flicked past, and then I opened up my eyes, and it came on a verse, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Nah, 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 I don't want to do that one, you know, because it's a basic one and we all know that one, and it's going to look like I've been lazy. <laughs> and God just pretty much said, shush bro. Um, so we're going to roll with it. And um, We all know it, but the more I read over and over the last couple of days, it just spoke to me like it's never spoken to me before. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. It doesn't say I will win and I will conquer. It just says I will not be afraid. And fear is all that that, um, the devil has, really. For you are close beside me, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. And that's true. My cup is overflowing with blessings. And it's just getting better and better in all facets of life. Um, You know, we all think that blessings are financial. And some are, but... There's so much more rewarding clarity of mind, you know, opening up the scriptures, blessings from other people, blessings on seeing your gangster mates come to the Lord. Now, there's just so many. and My, my cup is starting to overflow. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me for the days of my life. So God's goodness is going to pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's that's it right there. That that is the best life piece that you could ever ask for. Everything in a nutshell right there. And that's what he gives us if we can just situate ourselves and just let him work his magic. You know? We're we're just piddly humans. And um, we've just got to situate ourselves, be there to receive his blessings. And that's it. That's how easy it is. And if God can do this for me in the space of three years... And he can do anything for anyone. The sky's the limit, you know? And yeah, I just want to thank you all for your time. And that was my story.